your head out of the clouds Get your feet back on the ground Get stuck into pop culture We'd stick around Hello there and welcome to Stick Around The podcast incorporating African-American heritage into an inherently archaic white institution Sponsored by Froobs. Don't need no pot, don't need no spoon. Just squeeze it in my mouth, man. I love Froobs. <laughs> that was brilliant. They sent that ditty over. Oh, that definitely wasn't me dropping a ukulele. I've ruined the whole illusion. Um, <laughs> they sent over a ditty from um, the famous, I don't know, Towns Van Zant, apparently. I don't know if he's still alive. I thought he was dead. But anyway, we're here for games <laughs> episode twenty nine. Um, I'm here with um, David Peeling. Hello. And James Flux. Hi there, everyone. Um, Alex Wayne has was trying to make his way back to the podcast, but broke down. So he's currently stuck somewhere on a road, waiting for the RAC to fix his car, um, and can't join us. What an idiot! <laughs> I hope he's playing his Switch, though, at the very least. Um, seems like a good use of time when you're waiting for the RAC. Knock off a couple of shrines. Um, how are we all doing? Have you been playing a lot of games? Flux, have you been playing much? Um, yeah, I've been playing quite a bit, but um, unfortunately for the podcast, quite a lot of things that I've already reviewed. But I have, oh, I have got one sake. to talk about today. <laughs> I spoke um, to you about this. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Um, but yeah, I have got one to talk about today, so we're all right. Awesome. Dave, have you been playing much? Uh, yeah, I've been fairing I've been playing quite a lot, but not not much new. <laughs> oh, for God's sake, you guys! No, you, for I've, you, I'm guessing it's been so. has it been multiplayer stuff? Been playing some Battlefield yeah. or something or Battlefront? <laughs> um, I've been playing a lot of Fortnite, uh, World of Tanks, and Rocket League. So yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Um, I played a little bit of World of Tanks. I enjoyed it. I need to get back on it. I also bought this, well, didn't buy it, it's free to play. Some similar thing, but with flying. I forgot what it's called, War of Thunder or something? Thunder of War? Yeah. Something like that. Um, quite enjoyable, quite enjoyed it, although it's one of those where you, the more you play it, the better your plane gets, so... Because um, I hadn't played it very much, and I was a bit shit, I just kept getting uh, shot down, which was a bit embarrassing, Yeah, I, I quite imagine, fun. I've not tried the planes one, I imagine it's a bit more... It's a bit more... Uh, <clears throat> I mean, with the tank one, you just go hide for a bit and you don't have to worry about falling out of the sky and dying. Yeah. It seems more straightforward. It's Yeah, it's not too bad. It's not like crazy like, technical. Like I remember, um, was it Combat Flight Simulator back in the day? Yeah. Um, I used to play that and that was quite a bit too technical for me. I used to put it on. There was a mode you could put it on where you just turned off all the, you know, all the technical crap. <laughs> I used, yeah, I used to love those. And I used, to, I used to keep on quite a lot of the technical crap, but I never played... That was way before multiplayer. They don't seem to exist much anymore, do they? Because I was looking for one, and this is the only thing that existed, this free-to-play thing. It doesn't seem to be much of a... Il to Stormovich, I think it was called. Yes. Was Was that PS3? Because I wanted to play it, and then I couldn't find it. Uh, No, 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 it was was earlier than that. It was... uh, It was 2001. Oh, wow, okay. That would explain why I couldn't find it. (laughs) Yeah. I had it in my head, it was pretty recent. Obviously, I was wrong. Oh, there's a whole video. There's a whole series, so maybe there is a 
Yeah, maybe there was, was one on PS3 then. Ah, uh, yeah, there was. There was yeah, 2009. Which one? Anyway. Oh, okay. Yeah, the they, they were always good. I never never tried, never fancied my chances multiplayer. I, I, like, I like a lot of racing sims as well, but never fancied my chances on multiplayer. Yeah, racing is one that I could get into more, although I'm just, yeah. Again, I wouldn't be any good at multiplayer because I was just a bit terrible. I was quite good, we you know, when you had the racing line on. It tells you when to break, where to go. <laughs> That's great at cheating. that. Great at that. Definitely cheating. <laughs> but um, it never, never translated into playing without the line on. So, who knows? Anyway, um, let's get started. Sheffield. <laughs> oh, just doing any <laughs> driving at all? Yeah. Bloody, I haven't owned a car for like ten years. Depressing. Flux. Let's start with you. What have you got for us? Uh, cool, so the game I'm going to talk about is uh, Infamous Second Son, developed oh. by Sucker Punch Productions, published by Sony Computer Entertainment, um, and released on the 21st of March 2014 for the PlayStation 4 exclusively. The story takes place, it's the third game um, in the Infamous series, and the story takes place seven years after the previous instalment and follows a new protagonist, Delson Rowe. And Native American, who, unknown to him at the start of the game, is a conduit, one of the super-powered humans now labelled bioterrorists by the government. Um, and following an incident on his reservation and a crash of a convoy of conduits being transported to a specialist prison, um, he discovers his power, which is uh, to extract the powers of other conduits and use them. Um, after an encounter with the antagonist of the game, Brooke Augustine, um, head of the government's DUP department responsible for capturing these bioterrorists, um, although being a conduit or bioterrorist herself, uh, Delson then heads to Seattle to confront her um, in, an, in an attempt to save his village and the reservation. Um, the gameplay of the game um, is, is probably its main positive, really. Um, the powers that Delson uses um, and absorbs from other conduits um, kind of make the game really fun um, the controls are really intuitive if bordering perhaps occasionally on a little oversimplistic um, but make the combat flow really well um, and they make traversing the environment really good fun um, the game takes place in kind of like a sandbox style fictionalised Seattle um, which you can navigate either via the ground um, or kind of jumping between buildings and um, running up walls and that sort of thing in a kind of parkour style that I think we've all become overly familiar with in games like these. Um, but Delson's neon powers, um, when you get the infinite speed upgrade just to later, effectively sprint through the city, up walls, leap miles, so that's, that's really fun um, and makes it a great way to... Uh, get about, albeit it does make you somewhat overpowered in combat when you can literally just sprint away at incredible speed and just hide for a bit um, <laughs> anywhere on the map. Effectively. There's a lot of games like that though, isn't there? Where I've noticed yeah. that's, a, that's a good strategy. <laughs> um, there are some sort of side quests available um, across the map, but I'll come to those in a minute. Um, the combat system is really good and it allows you to kind of face whether it's the DUP troops um, and vehicles or whether it's drug dealers or anybody else. It kind of allows you to use your powers in a way that suits your playstyle with kind of a focus on one of them is like a kind of sniper style. One of them's up close and personal and you can switch between the two if there's a point available where you can absorb the relevant power near to you. 
um, but it works really well, it's quite a good combat system. Um, whilst the graphics, particularly I find in relation to the buildings and stuff like that, are, are not great, um, the visual style of the game is quite good. Um, so when you're using your neon powers to sprint everywhere, there's like a cool neon trail behind you. Um, and when you use your smoke powers to blast up a vent, they animate that really well when you come out. Um, so the visual style is quite good, even though the graphics are perhaps slightly dated. They're not bad, they're just perhaps a bit dated given when the game's from. Um, the game has a morality dynamic which allows you to make choices as to whether you're kind of good or evil with your powers. Um, and that this limits the upgrades that you can have um, and things like that. However, effectively the game does it by allowing you to make really obvious binary good or evil choices every so often, which just kind of feels tacked on and I think felt probably dated at the time the game was out, let alone now. Um, I just don't really see a need for it to be there, to be honest. It works a little bit better in combat when you get rewarded either with good or evil kind of morality karma for whether you choose to subdue enemies non-lethally or whether you just kill them um, and also whether you allow civilians to be collateral damage to your rampage. Um, another sort of slight downside to the game is the side quests are so repetitive. Effectively there's kind of four or five main side quests which are dotted about randomly across the map the map isn't as big as some open world games i mean it's you know we're not talking kind of a rockstar sandbox but it is open world but i'd have much preferred to have less side quests but more variety than just the same side quests over and over again so there's quite a lot of side quests do you know what i mean if they're not fun there's no point yeah, having them there just agree, for content's always, yeah. sake um, and I appreciate it's probably easier to, do you know what I mean, develop two or three and then copy them over and over again in slightly different areas of the map. But I'd, I'd rather they spent that time just developing one or two more and having less of them so they didn't feel quite as repetitive. Mm. Um, Delson's storyline, whilst by no means amazing, when not talking the best story I've ever played here, is fine. But the game makes very heavy-handed and kind of over-the-top obvious references to the concepts of prejudice and kind of misuse of government power that, again, just feel just feel heavy-handed. They feel like, oh, okay, this game's trying to make a point about prejudice. Um, and again, they could have been handled much better or just, you know, left out. I appreciate the kind of government misuse thing. You're taking on a government department and so that maybe has to be there partly for Delson's story. But do you know what I mean? The, the concept about prejudice and constantly going on about the use of the word bioterrorist as opposed to conduit seemed absolutely pointless. Um and they really kept hammering that home. Um in summary, this is a good but not great game. Its main kind of redeeming qualities its gameplay which to be fair is what you want in a game you want good gameplay and this is fun to play um and do you know what i mean i will almost certainly complete it it isn't huge and it's still fun even though again the side quests are coming a bit repetitive i'll certainly complete delson's story and given how cheaply you can pick it up given how old it is i would i would recommend it for you know um a kind of fun single player story game um, but it's not 
it's not going to be kind of I don't expect it to be in my top five at the end of the year of games I've played you know it's it's fine it's good did you say this was on MPS plus flux um, or do you know if it I, is because I've got a, I've got a strange feeling it has been at some point if maybe I'm making I it don't up. know if it is but given that it's a kind of Sony computer entertainment PS4 exclusive I can imagine that it will be you know I can imagine that it this is the type of game that they would put on, given that they have those those kind of publishers' rights. But I didn't get it that way. I think I got it in a sale. Yeah, it's in the sale quite a lot, isn't it? It's one that I've been quite interested in. Definitely. Is it quite... You played... Um, I've always thought it's similar to... It looks similar to... Oh, the Xbox exclusive that's name I've forgotten. The one I always Sunset wanted to play. O- Sunset yeah. Overdrive is, it, is what you're thinking. Quite and similar nearly, to that, or...? Yeah, I nearly mentioned it, because it is, it is similar-ish. I think the thing that makes the difference is that with kind of Sunset Overdrive, it's Sunset Overdrive actually takes the good qualities of this game. It's a much better game, I think, and it because it takes the good qualities of this game, which is kind of the crazy having awesome powers and jumping mm-hmm. about and what have you. Albeit that Sunset Overdrive partly does that through its weapons, um, whereas you don't really have any weapons in this game. All you have is your powers, but and just dials it up so that it's absolutely insane whereas again a lot of my criticisms of this game when you look at it are things like oh the heavy handed use of mm, kind takes of itself a bit more seriously mo- does it yeah, yeah absolutely mm. which turns out overdrive doesn't at all it is the <laughs> right. but do you know what I mean it is the mm-hmm. least taking itself seriously game I think I've ever played um, <laughs> and so I think it's a better game because of that and again there's more variety in the side quests in that mm. and things like it takes some of the cons of this game and works works on them, but it did come out afterwards, so I can imagine that it looked at the critical reception this received and perhaps tweaked, um, yeah. tweaked some of its mechanics before it came out. Because I think this came out maybe a year or two after that. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Off off the top of my head, I haven't got the exact release date, but it was definitely it was definitely after. Um, but yes, I could see why you'd make that similarity. I almost did in my review, but I I think I didn't just because the style's slightly different and things like that. But yes, I can see why you think that. Cool. So it sounds like it's uh, worth picking up in the sale, slash if it was on PS Plus. <laughs> but yeah, not yeah. worth paying uh, tons of money for. Yeah, absolutely. But again, I don't think you're going to find it for tons of how, money. How long is the... I don't know if you mentioned, how long is it to finish? Um, it's definitely... It's hard to say. I've played it for maybe two or three days, but quite solidly. Okay. Because I knew I knew I wanted to review it, and that I needed to put some effort in if I was going to get through far enough to be able to review it. Um, and I'm probably about halfway through, so it's okay. not. Do you know what I mean? It's seems not like a it's mega, fairly long, but yeah, it's not. A, it's not a rock star kind of open world epic where you're spending hours and hours and hours. But it's probably longer than your indie title. I would say it's maybe a, a sort of ten, twelve hour game, something like that. Cool. Right. Um... Before we go on to Dave, I'll talk of one because I've got two and uh, these guys have got one each and I don't want to waffle on about two in a row because, you know, that is too much Clive. So <laughs> I'll talk about one of mine now and then I'll send it over to Dave. So the first one I'm going to talk about is Horizon Zero Dawn, which is a game I've been meaning to play for ages and finished now probably a month or two ago. It's been a while since we've been a games pop. Yeah, podcast. Um, Horizon Zero Dawn is a Sony exclusive open world third person RPG slash action game. You play as Aloy. Um, it came out last year, sort of March ish, I think, possibly April. Um, you play as Aloy, Aloy, who is an outcast in a world that's overrun by machines that kind of resemble animals but much bigger. 
Um, you're told what year it is, so you kind of assume you're in like a sci-fi future here as opposed to an alternate timeline, but it's unclear as to how the machines got here, why people are still using bows and spears and living primitively, and why Aloy seems to be kind of treated pretty oddly by everyone and pretty much despised by everyone except for um, the guy who's, who's looking after her at the start of the game. Um, there's some talk um, very early on about the old ones, which suggests to you that maybe that's the civilization that existed beforehand and somehow disappeared, but those are all just thoughts I had at the beginning of the game, so I'm not spoiling anything. The gameplay is, it boils down to using bows and arrows and using your spear as well, um, as some kind of as slings, etc. in the combat. Um, essentially, you need to kind of work out the weaknesses of the creatures. For example, one that's weak to fire, you'd want to shoot a load of fire arrows at it until it's on fire, and then all your bows do way more damage, um, and you can take it down. All the animals are sort of powered by these things called blaze canisters, so if you target those, it tends to do way more damage. You can, With some of them, you can take shoot their weapons and with with certain arrows will knock the weapons off and then you can use that weapons against them which is pretty much the only way you can beat some of the more uh, massive <laughs> monsters you come into later in the game and you essentially go around it's very stealth orientated you're never kind of powerful enough to just waltz in and destroy and like you know you can destroy the early game stuff later in the game but there's always going to be monsters that you have to kind of think about and be a bit stealthy about and maybe take pot shots at and then run off for a bit and until you've worked out what their weaknesses are and um, there's a upgrade skill tree as is you know customary nowadays in this kind of game it's quite similar to tomb raider you kind of upgrade one thing and there's sort of like four strand like strands to this tree and you there's probably more than four, I can't quite remember, but you know, you need the first skill to get to the next one, etc. etc. Um, and you kind of you can focus on your ranged or your melee combat or some of your more some of your other skills. Um you can also override machines, certain machines, so which puts them onto your team to fight against certain enemies, which is a pretty interesting mechanic. And essentially, you're kind of trying to find out um, what on earth has happened to this world and your, what your role within it is, because um, it's pretty clear early on that you have quite an important role. So that's the kind of gameplay and general gist. It's quite, um, like I said, it's, it's an open-world game. The map is pretty big. It's very, um, you can pretty much get anywhere. It's a little bit, felt a little bit, a lot of people, because this came out when Breath of the Wild came out, and I remember a lot of people saying, oh, I can't go to this having just played Breath of the Wild because there's not as much freedom. Um, I think there is, there's, there's definitely not as much freedom. I mean, you can't really get more freedom than you get in Breath of the Wild, but in this, you can climb most mountains. You can get, it's a little bit more clunky climbing the mountains. Like, there's a few that seems like, you know, the developers haven't thought of going this route, uh, <laughs> and you kind of just randomly spamming jump, hoping that she'll get over certain things, and she usually does. Um, doesn't feel particularly polished in that sense, But whereas the rest of the game is very polished. But there's definitely a lot of freedom there, which I really enjoyed. Um, it looks absolutely stunning. For me, this is the best-looking PS4 game so far that I've played. Um, I love how detailed the world is. I love how they've thought of... Um, just the kind of lore fits in with how things look and it works really, really well. There isn't massive variation between the different areas, but I thought that was fine because it did seem like I was just on a bit of this... You know, I'm not on the whole planet. I don't need a desert section, a, uh, a another section, and you know, <laughs> an ice section necessarily like a Zelda game. I thought it was fine that things were a little bit more similar because it felt like a more contained area, even if that area was very big. 
So yeah, it's a really, really stunning looking game. I've heard, I've just got a PS4, I've heard on PS4 Pro it's even more stunning. And I've just got God of War, and I would say God of War looks great, but I'm not sure it looks as great as this. So, I don't know, I haven't got very far in God of War yet, so that might change, but I'd still say that this is the best looking game. Um, Story-wise, I really enjoyed it. It's got really big scope and pulls this off remarkably well. There are some issues along the way for Definite, and it perhaps kind of wants to tie up things a little bit too much by the end, but, and I'd have liked a few mysteries to remain but overall I really really like the story I got completely hooked on it and that's one of the main reasons along with the fact I really enjoyed the combat and sort of upgrading uh, how powerful Aloy was that I ended up playing this a lot and got kind of addicted to it um, the side quests kind of build into the main story. So there's there's si- what are called side quests, which are basically part of the main story. I don't know why you'd... You can avoid them, but uh, to me, they're pretty integral in figuring out the nuts and bolts of what's going on. So they're definitely not repetitive, and they feel like part of the main story. But there are other ones that get sectioned into a part called errands. They don't even get called side quests, and they're the more sort of go-fetch-this, blah-blah, get a bit more repetitive. But I appreciated that that didn't seem... Um, necessary and I barely did any of that so and the, you know they kind of got filed off as errands if you want to do errands that's fine but it didn't make you feel like you needed to do them <laughs> which I liked um, the character the weakness of the story in my opinion besides Aloy who I think is an absolutely great female protagonist I'm struggling to think of a better one a more sort of rounded one that has more depth uh, much depth and she's just very interesting I didn't find any of the other characters that memorable um, I couldn't really name any of them for you right now to be honest so that was definitely a letdown, but it's not made particularly... It's not a massive issue because of the fact Aloy is such a great character, and that's the character you spend the most time with, obviously. So it's not a major criticism, but it's definitely one that's there. I would say, uh, yeah, I absolutely loved this game. It's in between a 9 and a 10 out of 10 for me. I'd go, let's go 9. I'm not, I don't think it's quite a 10. And it's, probably, it's definitely my favourite PS4 exclusive and quite possibly my favourite game on PS4. And full stop so far. It really drew me into its world and I was, I'm really excited to play the DLC when there's a sale on it. Um, I kind of want to leave a bit of a gap and then come back into it rather than going straight into the DLC because I think that'll make me appreciate it a bit more again. But yeah, it's a really, really good game. It's not up there with Breath of the Wild for me because of the it lacks the... I really like the freedom in Breath of the Wild. That's one of the main reasons I loved it. And this has a lot of freedom, but it has the thing of like, oh, here's 800 million icons on your map. Um, which makes things feel a little bit more explore, a little bit less exploratory than something like Breath of the Wild, where there's just bugger all on your map, and the only pins that are there are the ones that you've put there. I really like that about Breath of the Wild. So it has, but it's obviously got. It's more of a story game. So if you like stories, then you'll probably prefer this. And I could certainly. Uh, some people last year said they preferred this to Zelda, and I can totally understand why. They're both excellent games, really polished. They just do things a little bit differently. So I just guess it depends what what you prefer. Um, this is a in my opinion, a little bit more derivative. It's not that different to other open-world games and the systems and things it uses, but it just does everything so well that it doesn't matter that much. Um, It's not breaking massive new ground, but it's just does it in a more interesting world for me. And yeah, I thought it was a really, really good game. So definitely recommend it and people should check it out if they haven't yet it's i got it for like 15 quid and it's going for that kind of price pretty much everywhere now when i got it that was a good deal but now it seems to be dropping everywhere so easily worth that it's about you know you get 25 hours at least you know you could get 35 40 hours out of it if you want to do all the all the sidey stuff so yeah highly recommended has anyone else heard of this or thought about playing it (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, I've definitely heard of it. I I was in I was interested by it, but I I, I never picked it up. But now uh, now I've heard your rave review, I'll probably go out and get it. So yeah, I think you'll like it. It does have similar maybe to Infamous. It's got some heavy-handed things about like environment and things like that. But I didn't think it was as heavy-handed. And it was kind of like it was obviously integral to the story without spoiling things. So the fact it was mentioned was kind of like okay, fair enough. <laughs> Because then uh, it wasn't, I don't know, it wasn't done in a way that I thought was particularly, you know, ham-fisted or anything. So, like I say, I, re- I did really like the story, even though there are a few issues that I don't want to go into because of spoilers. But, yeah, really good. Dave, have you heard of this or any interest? So, I must say that I missed the name at the start. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, Horizon Zero Dawn. Oh! Uh, yeah, I have heard of it, yes, absolutely. I've not played it. I Yeah, it is on my list. Uh, cool. I've heard, yeah. yeah, I heard a lot of people who have played it have really enjoyed it. Mm, it's really good, and I didn't play it at the time because of I just played Zelda. And I was like, I don't want to play another open world bow and arrow game right now. <laughs> but um, I tell you what, I did. I walked into CEX, and I can't remember now what I was. Tra- oh, I was trading in um, Battlefront, Star Wars Battlefront Two, and my plan was to get this and. Um, Oh, the one that Al talked about the, uh, oh, the big, with the big dog, with the, with the, the big two-hour thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, but, oh God, Last Guardian. Last Guardian, yes. Yeah. And I had just about <laughs> enough to do that, and then I saw that someone had just traded in Assassin's Creed Origins at the same price, so I just did a straight swap. And I didn't get, <laughs> I didn't get this in the end, but maybe, maybe now I've got now I've finished Origins. Yeah. Cool. Well, it's it's a similar type of a long game, so it's definitely not a not a palate cleanser. This is a this is a main course, very yeah. much. Yeah. <laughs> so it's one of those you need time for for definite. <laughs> awesome. Right. Um, let's go to Dave then. What have you got for us? Right. So I've got a slightly different one from the first two that we've that have been talked about. Cool. I'm going to be talking about um, Bridge Constructor Portal. Oh, I'm interested about this. Um, <laughs> I've seen it. <laughs> I was wondering what the hell it was. It's described by Wikipedia as an engineering simulation and puzzle video game, that classic genre. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's it's part of the Bridge Constructor series, which I think most people who have played video games would have some point come across, particularly in the mobile game sphere, where your job is to build a bridge to transport um, a vehicle from one side of your screen to the other in what fast becomes increasingly ludicrous and downright uh, non-health and safety act standard ways. This version of the game basically starts off in the same way. You have a, uh, a tunnel at one end out of which comes forklift trucks and a tunnel at the other end into which the forklift trucks must go. But the major difference here between the other versions of the game is it includes features of Valve's, uh, Valve's hit game, Portal you find yourself flinging these forklift trucks into portals to have them fire out of portals at the other end and it uses lots of the same or lots of very similarly inspired mechanics from the portals series uh, including the angle and speed at which you enter a portal is the same as that that you come out of the other end you can build yourself into kind of uh, increasing loops to increase your speed by firing yourself back into the same portal that you just came out of going faster and faster each time and the game is pinned together with um, some of the some of the humor that you, you found in the original portal 
uh, Gladys is back. You are in the Aperture Science Laboratories before the devastating events of Portal 2. Or Gladys came back to life, I'm not sure. Spoiler. And the she she delivers a series of um put downs and withering retorts all the way through the all the way through the game it's definitely a nostalgia kick for people who have played portal i can't imagine how baffling this game is if you've never played it but equally i'm not sure that that's much of an issue i i don't know that you would head out for this game if you hadn't played it and i think most half serious gamers would have played portal 2 at some point by now it's it, it it's definitely an enjoyable nostalgia kick. I enjoyed it for all those things. I downloaded this onto my Switch on the way back from the um, the last stick around live event. In fact, when uh, when I finished <laughs> the book that I was reading, so uh, I I picked it up there. It was I think fifteen pounds at the time, and uh, I played it on that train ride home. And I've played it a few times since. It's um, it's definitely fun to start off with. It's uh, it's it's amusing. It reminds you very much of Portal. It get it it's quite fun that way. I kind I quite I don't mind a bridge constructed game. I've played a couple in my time, and they're usually quite a, a an uh, quite a friendly inane way of kind of killing some time on a on a trip. Um, they're not substantial enough or interesting enough to maintain a big sesh at home at the weekend or anything. I think downsides to this game though, the and I think it's one that lots of the bridge constructor games suffer from, not just this one, is that it you you can solve the puzzle much sooner than you can actually implement the thing. You can realise what you have to do to get your forklift truck through the series of five portals, knock over some turrets who then die with their uh, trademarks, uh, kind of, I never hated you, and so on. And... Um, but then the implementation of the actual plan can take a long time. The on the switch, you can shift the control system between either the touch screen or um, the Joy Cons. But the both both those systems have quite substantial flaws. Um, the the sticks on the Joy Cons don't snap to points you're interested in in anything like an intuitive enough way. So um, you can find yourself frustratedly trying to adjust a beam one snap one one click of the grid across and consistently create a new beam right next to the one that you've already set up uh, and get more and more infuriated with it the the touch screen is does similar things um, but whilst you you kind of it makes it slightly easier to pick up things that you've already placed on the screen by putting your finger straight to it and you don't have to worry about finicky snapping uh, of your your cursor across the screen um, the downside is it is very much very much more um, responsive to where you take your finger off the screen so when you're placing things for the first time they won't snap to things that already exist and you won't notice that there's a hole in the middle of your bridge um, because as far as you can tell they're connected but there might be a pixel between the two um, that is that would be a, a small niggle if it weren't for the fact that that's basically what you've got to do 40 or 50 times every single level and 
you can, as I say, you can totally work out what what the what the puzzle is here. And you might not at the start, but you might have done by the time you've built a couple of bridges. But then it might take you another ten or fifteen times to just churn through every last thing, moving mm. it half a degree to make it absolutely perfect. And there's no there's the fun there's no fun in that. I was slightly miffed to find out that the price on um, uh, Switch is something like three times more than it is on iOS. And I don't know that the Switch version has any advantage over the the iOS version, the App Store version. Um, It's a bigger screen, so it probably makes it more straightforward to kind of try and overcome the finicky uh touch controls however it may mm-hmm. be that they work better on an ios screen i don't know i've not gone to the expense of buying it on different versions so mm-hmm. um it's it's a fun nostalgia kick it is fun for a journey or two i'm not sure it's best suited to switch i think i would like to give this a go on phone rather than on switch it's it's certainly not a game for the big screen on the Switch at all, um, and um, it's I don't find myself with my Switch about often enough to dip into a little game like this. If you see what I mean, it's yeah. it's definitely more a mobile game, and I don't usually have my Switch on me just in my bag on the off chance I should happen to be bored at a given moment, which is what my phone is there for in video game terms. I think. There are definitely, you know, fun reasons to transport your Switch around, um, but usually that's been when I've been deep into a big game and I want to pick it up and keep playing it when I get on the bus or something like that. I've, fa- I've so far found other people may be very different with theirs, obviously. So um, definitely worth, if you remember Portal fondly and if you've already played a kind of bridge constructor game you kind of have the vague idea what it's going to be about, it's probably worth giving it a, a shot, but I would say not at this price. Um, it's definitely something that you need to wait for it, for it to come down in value, or maybe hunt around for, maybe um, you know, use a voucher on those types of things. Uh, I was slightly disappointed by its um, repetitive, iterative nature, uh, with not much payoff at the end for that. So yeah, that's Bridge Constructor Portal. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's quite a lot of these um, sort of mobile games coming onto Switch, which I haven't been particularly interested in. This one sounds a little bit. I don't know whether this came out first on. I don't know if you know Switch and then and then uh, mobile or whether the other way around. But there's definitely a lot of things being ported over to the Switch, which I think if it's like something that needs the buttons and things is cool because that's better than using a touchscreen if it's a button-based game. But if it's a touchscreen-based game, I don't think you get much benefit, and you're going to pay more for it being on the Switch, probably, generally speaking. The difference being, obviously, if your phone isn't, if you've got an old phone or whatever, then cool, get it on the Switch. But, yeah, definitely a, definitely a theme happening at the minute. <laughs> it's also on, it's, it, yeah, it came out originally in December 17 on Android, iOS, uh, Linux, okay. Windows. And then in at end of February, it came onto Switch, PS4 yeah, right. and Xbox One. And I can't imagine it being at all interesting on the latter two. <laughs> yeah, it sounds very much like a handheld game. Yeah, so. for sure. For sure. <laughs> cool. Okay, interesting. It's like I've never played any of the Bridge Constructor games. They do sound like something I'd 
be interested to have a go at but I probably wouldn't get a bit like you that deep into it mm. might. and I don't do much of the like you're saying uh, pull it out your bag play for 10 minutes type thing Yeah, I play my Switch handheld quite a lot but it's usually in bed um, and it'll usually be for a longer session so I still play <laughs> often those types of games and yeah. I rarely I just don't game that much when I'm travelling I just usually listen to music or whatever so I do some if I'm on a long train that's when I'll do it but otherwise and I don't get that many long trains now because my mum's Mum's only 20 minutes away, so mm. that used to be when, I, when I'd game on the train. But um, yeah, cool. Okay, well, a good variety of stuff, because um, now I'm going to talk about another Switch game called ARMS, which is a, um, a 3D fighting game published and made by Nintendo, released in June last year, I think. Um, it's mainly 1v1 fighting, but can also sport 2v2 or sort of three a three-person free-for-all. Um, the concept is... It's basically a you know a two-player fighting game like Street Fighter, except it's 3D. So you're looking at your character from behind um, in a sort of 3D action game type way, and you punch. You're kind of in a sort of boxing ring and extend like quite a large boxing ring, um, and you've got stretchy arms. So <laughs> you, if you punch your left arm, it stretches out pretty far across the stadium, and the same with your right arm. So you can kind of. It's quite slow in that way. That it's like because you've when you press your left there's different control schemes when i get into but if you punch with your left arm it takes a while to get there and then it takes a while to get back so you've got to kind of plan you can't just go in there completely you know punchy punchy punch you've got to think right well if i punch over there i've left myself exposed on this side so i need to make sure that it either hits or does something useful it's either blocking his punch or whatever um and it's kind of a it's kind of a rock paper scissors concept like you've got your a punch will to throw you basically punch with both fists and they both go out and if they catch him then it'll turn into a throw which is the most powerful move um and or you can punch with your left or your right um you can block a throw quite easily either by you can dodge it by just getting out of the way or you can block it by just punching into the throw will block it um a punch will block another punch depending on how uh (laughs) powerful each of the fists is one of the, a heavy fist for example will batter a light fist and just go right through it and still hit you um so it's quite a lot of it's a you know it's a thinking of attack and defense a lot um a bit like real boxing i imagine sort of slowed down gameplay wise i found it really really interesting i think this is a great game um it's got two different control modes so you can use your um Joy-Cons, and they said Wii-Cons then, got myself very confused. Um, the Joy-Cons in either hand to kind of use it as a boxing, a bit like Wii Boxing, which works really, really well. There's kind of, you you know, obviously you punch with your right, it punches with your right arm, you punch with both, it does a throw. There's If you tilt them a certain way, it kind of moves each direction. That's the bit that I didn't feel that comfortable with, uh, the moving part. And then the buttons, you only use a couple of the buttons and it's basically to dodge and to jump um but it works really really well there's um you know in on the professional scene or at least the you know i don't know whether they get paid much but the the elite scene um it's kind of when i've been watching it kind of 50 50 as to whether they use a controller or the um motion controls so they're obviously both very effective i think the motion controls gives you a bit of an advantage in that you can control both fists because you once you shoot off one of your fists you can steer it um depending on what the fist is, a lot or a little. Um, and you can steer both of the fists if you've got both, if you're using the um, motion controls, whereas with a pad that I use, you just you can only steer the fist that you've just done, that you've just uh, punched, if you see what I mean. So it does give you a bit of an advantage, but I suppose you lose a bit of the precision. So it's a, it's a payoff. Um, it's got 
tons of different so the the kind of variety comes from a the characters there's 15 different characters they've got they've each got two kind of special skills like for example um ribbon man his skill will be to initiate once he's down to a certain amount of health he will automatically get a rush mode which is the mode that you get usually for landing a lot of combos or whatever um which means you can just bash your uh <laughs> you can just punch pretty madly and it speeds everything up and you can go in there and do a lot of damage for you know four or five seconds um, you can also quite easily block that if you see it coming, so you've got to time when you use it really, really well. But, for example, his skill is to be able to do that whenever he's down to a certain amount of health. Someone like Ribbon Girl is really good in the air and can dash twice in the air rather than just once, so she's very mobile. Um, so there's a lot of variety brought on just by that, but the main variety comes in the different arms combinations. So at the start of the game, each of the each of them have like three arms. Obviously, you can only choose two of them, but you don't have to use the same one on both hand and it usually you wouldn't you'd i like to use more of a kind of boomerangy type arm on my left um which sort of curls around and causes you know confuses your opponent it's a bit tricky to dodge and then a more straightforward fist on my right um fist to kind of you know mop up and to to block because you're kind of a bit more predictable as to what it's going to do um so you can use but there's hundreds of different arms there's you know big bowling arms that are kind of quite slow to unleash but and and quicker ones that are aren't going to block anything but get in there really quickly there's ones that curl around like i've said there's ones that stop halfway and then shoot something um in a certain direction there's quite a lot of variety they also have like some elemental damage like fire ice and electricity that do different things like for example ice obviously freezes your opponent for a certain amount of time which can let you get in a grab which is normally quite tricky to do um, so those are things that you need to consider as well and just with all the different combinations there's you know thousands of varieties of things you could do because each I think there's about 48 arms and 15 characters so yeah I can't even begin to comprehend how many <laughs> combinations there could be a lot um, in terms of game modes there's the weakness of this game is in my opinion the lack of single player content there's a Grand Prix mode which is basically do 10 fights in a row, a bit like an arcade, you know, Street Fighter type mode. Um, do 10 fights in a row, um, and at the end you beat a, you go up against the kind of boss and then beat him. Um, there's not really much story to it. It is, you know, it's good. It's a good way to learn a new character, I think, before going online, but it doesn't really add much depth to the game, or it's not particularly tutorial heavy. It doesn't teach you much. Um, you have to read up on a lot of that kind of stuff. But... You know, it's it's decent. It's there. I've played it on the train a couple of times when I couldn't get online, but usually I'd just go online. So if you're someone who doesn't like to go online, then this probably isn't for you. Um, there's party mode, which is a more, as you might assume, a bit more of a casual mode. You go in there and you get put in this lobby, and then you'll randomly go against other people in different modes. Um, you might do a one on one v one fight. You might suddenly next up end up in a two v two fight. Then you might end up in a um, a game of basketball where you get points by throwing your opponent into the hoop, which is one of my favourite modes. It's very, very satisfying to grab your opponent and throw him into a basketball hoop. Um, and then it's kind of the first to, to 10 points in basketball. Um, there's a volleyball mode as well, which I don't think works quite as well, but it's still pretty fun. Um, so it just kind of randomly selects different games against different people, which is fun. And um, I've never had any problem like connection issues and things. It gets you into a game pretty quickly. Then there's um, ranked mode, which is where I've been spending most of my time, which is just straightforward 1v1. And you kind of go up from rank 1 to rank 20. I'm on about rank 8, so I'm not particularly great. But And then you get put against people who are a similar rank. And you know you can go up and down ranks depending on if you go on a losing streak or a, you know, a winning streak or whatever. And it... It just makes it really interesting because you're playing against people who are a similar level. The matchmaking's pretty decent, generally, I think. And 
it's really I've just really got into which I was really surprised at wanting to be good at this game like I've tried tons of fighting games and never really get into them I just bought Street Fighter as well for like a fiver and I couldn't couldn't get on with it I still I'm going to give it more of a go but I just don't like combo based um, fighting games very much because I don't like memorizing oh a b a b right blah 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 that stuff doesn't really interest me and doing it really quickly doesn't interest me and that's what a lot of the sort of 2d fighting games are about with the exception of smash which is coincidentally the other one that I <laughs> really like uh, because it's not very combo based it's more light-hearted this isn't really combo based at all because it is much slower but there's a ton of depth to it. Like it, if you read, you know, guys online, it's very. You can still get very good at it and be bad at it. And um, despite having played a long time, you need to kind of know the ins and outs of each character. And it's more about planning ahead than something maybe like Street Fighter, where you're just executing lots of combos and reacting very quickly to certain things. Um, it's a bit more. You've got to have a game plan and think about how you're doing it. A bit like in real boxing, I imagine. But I prefer that kind of play. Um, than memorising tons of combos. You have to memorise very little here. You just have to kind of... It's more about knowing, oh, if my opponent's doing this, I need to be doing this. Um, which, to me, is way more interesting. Um, Presentation-wise, I love how this game looks. I think the colours really, really pop. The character designs are all great. The the music is particularly fun. Um, <laughs> the, the main menu music is pretty memorable uh, because it doesn't have any lyrics. It's just a, a guy going, whoa, 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 whoa but somehow really catchy. Um, in Party Clash, which is like the Splatfest version for ARMS, where it has two characters, uh, you kind of, it's like a, for a weekend it'll happen for two days or whatever, everything changes and the music for that is amazing. Um, I just want that all the time, please. But um, it's like you put it on, it's impossible not to be happy. And it, the, you kind of pick one of the two characters for this party crash and then fight against each other and you get way more XP and stuff um, as you go, which is really good and it's fun it's a fun mode to play overall yeah i think that this game is completely underrated i think it's really really great it's one of my favorite games on the switch it's the along with splatoon one that i just click in click onto a lot and i play it against my brother and we have 1v1 fights a lot or i try and get better at my ranked mode um you know try to get above my pathetic level of eight <laughs> but um i just even if i'm i go on a losing streak i still find it fun to figure out what i'm doing wrong and uh, how to get better at it which isn't something that i normally do um so i've been jumping into this one a lot i think i've put up like 30 hours now so it's been well worth the like 25 quid i paid for it and yeah it's i think it's about 25 quid on amazon at the minute recommended at that price definitely it's like i say there's not much single player content so if you're in it for that or in it for a story there's none of that there at all, really. But it's if you want a, just a unique, really unique fighting game that's, that you can get into quite quickly but also has a lot of um, depth to it to master, then I don't think there's much better out there than this. I think it's really, really good. And the only issue with it is that it's not... It's quite big in Japan, I think, but it's not. It's quite hard to find guides about certain characters. Um, other ones are more popular. My favourite is Min Min, who there are a few guides for, but there's a few of the other ones that you struggle to find much many guides for and there, there are um sort of uh tutorials in the game which are pretty decent but i think it could be a little bit better in teaching you certain strategies and i've sort of i've been talking to one of the i joined a discord group of a arms uh group and i've been talking to one of the top 100 ranked people about certain things and he's given me loads of good tips so that's been cool but it'd be good if there's a bit more available online which is i suppose not the game's fault but <laughs> yeah 
that would be good. But yeah, I really, I think it's kind of flown under the radar, and I think people should check it out if you like fighting games. It's really, really good. And I mean, with a Nintendo game, you just buy it physically because you can sell it for the same again. So it's the kind of thing: try it, you know, give it a go. If it's not for you, that's fair enough. Just sell it again, and you'll basically get the same price again for it. So you've not really lost much. But yeah, I'd recommend Arms. Has anyone else heard of Arms? Mm, yeah, I have. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds really good. It's yeah, it is. It's good fun. Are you into no, um, other types of fighting games, Dave? Or no, I never really have been. Um, yeah, same. <laughs> but this does sound interesting. I think the only downside to me, that this is such a very personal circumstance thing, is my Wi-Fi is terrible, and the switches yeah. seems to be particularly bad at connecting to my bad Wi-Fi. So multiplayer is out for me at the moment. But there's a whole bunch of Switch multiplayer stuff this and Splatoon and God knows what else as soon as I move and get a decent Wi-Fi connection I'm going to be all over Awesome, yeah, I mean this and Splatoon they're really really fun for just jumping in and you know having those 10-15 minutes If you sometimes I just, cause the game on this probably takes like 3 minutes or whatever so <laughs> you can jump in, have a couple of fights It loads. the thing I love about the Switch is that it loads up really quickly, so you can do the stuff like that, whereas my PS4 by the time I've loaded it up it's taken 5 minutes um, so it's not the kind of Usually, if I just need to jump in and do something for ten minutes, I will go to my switch because it just turns on instantly. Yeah. Um, so that's a nice touch and makes the, these types of games a bit more accessible. But yeah, it's yeah. I was really surprised. I thought I was gonna. It was. In, I bought it because there was a demo out. They had one of the free play weekends or whatever, and I did it against my brother. And I was like, oh, this is really good. <laughs> so we bought it and uh, carried on playing it. But I, I do think it's like a bit of a. And I think this is the problem with like Metacritic ratings. Sometimes I think, I, I think this is pretty well rated. I think it's like eighty-two. But I think a lot of people are like, oh, it didn't get ninety, so it can't be very good. But it's like if something gets ninety, that just means it's up everyone's alley. Um, yeah. But just because something gets lower doesn't mean it's. It means it's a bit more divisive, but that doesn't mean it's any worse. Like if it's if it's for you, that means you might like it better than something that got ninety-five or whatever. <laughs> um, so but again, if you get a game that you either that that either you love or you hate. Yeah. Realistically, that's going to get a fifty percent rating, isn't it? Because all the people that love it are like, yeah, hundred percent. All the people that hate it, yeah, are going to give it like, exactly. Yeah. It's a similar thing to that. But that yeah. doesn't that doesn't mean that you're not going to like the game when you pick it up because you might be one of the people that love it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You look at the rating and go oh, seventy. It can't be very good, but actually, if it's your type of thing, it might be really good. And sometimes it's the ones that try new things that get bashed a bit because they're a bit janky or whatever. I don't think that's the case here. I don't think it's janky at all, but it is definitely very different to anything else in that sphere. So I could see a lot of people not really getting it. And like I said, if you're in it for single player, then yeah, absolutely it should. <laughs> it doesn't, it's, be, it's not really got enough content on that front. And I'd say for that reason, it's probably not worth the 40 quid unless you like me, you get really into it and do the ranked stuff. Um, but at the minute it's available for like 25. So, and it's well worth that, I think. <laughs> But yeah, that's. Uh, has anyone got anything else to mention or talk about before we head off? So we're coming up to the hour mark. Uh, um, this end. I'm. I've just downloaded. I'm going to give um, MLB the Show a go. Oh, exciting! I've been I just downloaded to try this. last year's, which was fifteen quid, which I was. I was all right with paying. I'm trying to get into baseball for some reason. Mm-hmm. I saw it when I was in the <laughs> states a couple of years ago. And um, I play in a softball league at work now, which is sponsored by, well, it's an MLB run. So the kit they hand out is all MLB stuff. Unfortunately, cool. we're the Yank- my team is the Yankees, which is a shame. Um, 
and I thought um, and then next year they're bringing two MLB games to the Olympic Stadium in London oh are they I didn't um, know that okay yeah yeah two Red Sox Yankees games on Saturday and Sunday in June next year yeah and I thought well one way that I got into American football the first time was with Madden so I thought maybe I'll give a go with a with the show and see you know what I kind of pick up and I'll report back on that maybe sometime That'd be good, yeah. Maybe you can give me, a, once you know all the rules, a bit of a rundown. Because I, <laughs> I got Super, I think it's Super Mega Baseball or something on PS4, which is like a an arcade baseball game. Yeah. And I was enjoying it, but I just couldn't understand some of the various... I got the very basics, but <laughs> my fun for it was kind of diminished by the fact I had to learn a load of rules and I couldn't be bothered. <laughs> um, but I do want to get back into it, because it does seem like... It seems like the kind of thing that will be fun to play as a game. Um, yeah, for sure. Because, you know, who doesn't like twatting things really hard? No, absolutely. And <laughs> particularly when it when the thing that you twat the thing with makes a lovely, lovely, uh, yeah, lovely, lovely noise when it does it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Flux, did you say you didn't have anything? No, mate, no, not this end. Okay, cool. Um, I've not got loads of others. I'll quickly mention a couple of games that I really liked. Um, Subsurface Circular is like a story game on the Switch, which is really good. It's about, like, interviewing people on a train trying to figure out... There's like this AI um, sort of world where a lot, of the, uh, basically, artificial intelligence has become as as clever and probably more clever than human intelligence. And there's different levels of uh, robots who are given certain, deliberately given certain intelligence based on the job they're doing. And you're kind of trying to solve this mystery on a train. Very basically, it's really good, and it's only like two hours long. It's about, I think, I got it for three quid, so I'd recommend that. Um, and a game called Florence on Android, which is just like a half an hour game going through like a relationship. It's not even really a game. It's more of a visual novel, I'd say. There are a couple of gamey elements, but I really, really liked it. I thought it was really touching and um, really good. And that's also about three or four quid, I think. So highly recommended. Besides that, I've just been playing a bit of NBA Live and some sporty stuff. Got the latest Pez, which... Uh, been enjoying a little bit even though I've totally oh, dropped wow. off football in general um, I yeah. still quite like I like it as a game I just don't like a lot of the things around it um, the other day at school though <laughs> there was an epic massive fight which um, lo and behold all started because of a football match um, and I was just like oh. <laughs> bloody football I got I got quite uh, quite annoyed at the kids involved and I was just like it's just a game <laughs> bloody grow up um, but yeah Grow up, you know, you're only eight, to be fair. So, <laughs> got time That's to do that. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking, yeah, you primary school kids, will you bloody grow up? <laughs> uh, anyway. You're sick with your childish ideas. <laughs> bloody childish behaviour. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, anyway, right. Um, I guess it's plug time at Stickaroundcast on Twitter, slash Stickaroundpodcast on Facebook. You can find us at Stickaround podcast.com on the internet there's articles i'm just going through watching all the ghibli films i'm on part four i've done about 12 so far and ranking them which has been fun and there's also top tens and all that kind of stuff you can listen to all our past episodes on there but it's probably easy to just find us on a podcast app by searching for stick around you can give us reviews on itunes would be useful if you go to just giving we have a page to just search for stick around you can give some money in our name to shelter which would be really useful um, and help some people out who really need it. And I think I've about covered it all. 
Um, oh, well, there's also a contact form on the in, on the website. If you just go contact us, you can send us a... It's a bit quicker than sending an email. You just fill out a box and uh, send it. We'll get it. And uh, if you've got any questions, we'll answer them. Or if you just want to tell us we're awesome, we will say thanks. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's about it. So uh, we'll see you next for... Oh, I don't know what is next on the schedule. I believe it's probably films again. Or films or music. Oh, I think it'll be music. But we'll see. You never know what's going to happen. We stick around. We do what we want. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, so thanks for coming, Flux. It's been a pleasure having you. Thank you very much, mate. And uh, thanks for coming, Dave. Thanks for hosting. Oh, you're welcome. It's been been fun. Um, see you next time, people. Stick around. Stick around. Stick around. <laughs> Thank you all for listening Rest assured that you have found The best podcast in the universe It's Stick Around